1: Tough to describe right now. Uh, it's a hell of a college football game, uh, you know, an epic Rose Bowl game. Um, you know, and being on this side of it is is it's difficult to describe uh, the disappointment, you know, the hurt uh, that that we feel, that those guys in that locker room feel right now. Uh, some of them came in, you know, telling me sorry and telling us sorry, and I said, don't don't tell us you're sorry, you know, you. Our team put it on the line. They laid it on the line every snap. Uh, we weren't perfect. We did a lot of really good things on, on both sides of the ball, but we certainly weren't perfect had some opportunities. Um, you know, let it let the game get back a little bit closer there in the third quarter. And at that point, it became, you know, it was going to come down to one play here or there, and it did. And. Uh, but it's been a great run. You know, senior class has been tremendous. I mean, to, to win three straight Big 12 championships, you know, being this college football playoff twice, uh, and then just especially this year, there's a lot of reasons this team could have turned the wrong direction uh, from the coaching change, the Iowa State loss, um, just all the things that this team had to battle through. And uh, I'm proud as hell to be their coach. It's been a been a great, great season, and. Uh, I think we'll set the stage for even bigger things here in the next few years. So uh, we'll go questions from there. News team, assemble!
0: The unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Featuring site publishers Carrie Murdoch and Josh McQuistion, along with videographer Eddie Radosevich. It's the unofficial 40 on Soonerscoop.com. All right, we are back. That's right, back from the depths of hell. The 104th, I believe, annual Rose Bowl where the Sooners uh, fall to Auburn. In, uh, Auburn, too. Georgia in double overtime. I think I was watching something on Auburn before we started the show. Uh, Kerry Murdoch here with you alongside Eddie Radosevich. Josh McQuishan is joining us. Uh, you heard Lincoln Riley there. Those were his opening comments after the... Hell, I didn't even know what the score was. Was it 56-48? Something? I guess I should turn Eddie's mic on. 54-48. 54-48. Who the hell knows? And
2: I think I put 51-48 in like the post-game thread, uh, uh-huh. like the video thread, and nobody even said anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Eddie Radosovich, by the way, no longer just a uh, Soonerscoop videographer. He's a Soonerscoop photographer. Oh, yeah. Because he had to take photos during photos. the game because they don't allow... I'm a professional now. You know, all that video that we make tons of money off of, they're protecting it. They don't, they don't let us shoot video at the big bowl games now. So, Eddie took photos. We're back from Los Angeles. I apologize that we didn't get a podcast done last week. It wasn't that we couldn't do it. It's just there wasn't time. I mean, there was... Every day, it was press conference, practice, uh, writing stories, all this stuff. Eddie needed his uh, uh, time to go out and be uh, Big Daddy all through L.A. And I was. He balled, He was big baller, Eddie.
2: And I was, <laughs> and I hanging uh, with stars almost,
0: of uh, the Dallas radio scene. I almost died on Saturday morning. It wasn't pretty. I mean, I didn't think I didn't think there was any way that Eddie was going to make it. And that wasn't Friday morning. It was the final press conference day, which would have been Sunday. The morning press conference. Josh, it was... Might have still been drunk. Josh, I think he probably was. It was very reminiscent of the time that I found you sleeping on the floor at Rivals Publishers Convention when you were a young man.
3: That story doesn't get enough credit. That was, that was really me at peak Josh. That was, that was
0: strong. It was, it's, a, it's hard to imagine that there was a peak Josh. You know, now it's that, now it's the wakes up almost as early as I do every day, Josh.
3: Yep. Yeah, you know, there are Eddie Eddie doesn't know what this world's like. There are literally I wouldn't say months, but there are weeks that go by that I don't even have a sip of alcohol. And
0: before there was Eddie, there was Josh. I'm just telling you guys. There
3: there was. There was. There was a good a good amount of debauchery in my twenties. I'm old so. enough to
0: have seen two Eddies come through <laughs> my life.
3: <laughs> I've, I've, Gary, I felt really
2: bad for you the entire trip, though. I mean, you were getting up literally at at three thirty in the morning. Uh huh.
0: That. That was a
2: shitty way to live.
0: Well, it was. And people kept asking me like, "How are you doing it?" And I was like, "I'm fine. I'm fine." I think you and were then, just so tired that you didn't even
2: realize what you were doing.
0: Well, yeah, and then by the end of the week, is more people just kept asking me, "How are you doing this? How are you doing this?" And I wasn't taking any naps or anything. Start doubting yourself. It got to my head. It was like, you know, it's like if you have a no-hitter, you don't talk about the yeah. no-hitter. I had a no-hitter going and people wanted to talk about it, and eventually, I was like, "Shit, I've got a no-hitter. I'm going to get I'm going to give up a hit." And I did. So I came home sick. <laughs> so yeah, I got sick again. It was I will say though, I mean, we'll we'll get
2: into the game and everything uh, that that entailed the week, but that was I don't know what I was expecting when we showed up in LA on Monday night, but I think the entire week lived up to the billing. The billing, yeah. That was probably... I don't
0: think that there was that much billing. Well, that's true. And it like, was just... Nobody the, was like, oh, this is going to be the, the... Oh, it's m- going to suck. You're going to LA. college football playoff that's ever been played. Nobody thought that. No.
2: It was just from was, the the game, the week, and everything that entailed, it was top-notch. I got to be a honest. a very memorable week.
0: I didn't pay attention to a lot of the news and notes after it was over. I was just kind of trying to help you out with video some. Uh And, you know, I got up the next morning, kind of wrote my story... But was that, is that the only overtime game College Football Playoffs ever had?
2: Yes. I think that I think Trammell said that there were three, or there were two BCS overtime games. Okay. And, or three, and OU's been involved. Ohio State-Miami was Ohio State-Miami, right? uh, Boise State-OU. Yeah. And then it would have been last night. Urbina.
0: So OU's two out of three. Two out of three, yeah.
2: I think that's right. I think that's what he said.
0: We've got lots of stuff to get into today. I had a chance to go over and talk to Lincoln Riley yesterday. Uh, and, look, it has been nonstop. It, like, you guys know how this goes. It's just like, it's the internet. And every one of the... I get into this discussion with people all the time. It, it is the basis of our board. It is the basis. It is what has spawned uh, fan websites that, that want to be reporters everybody has their source. And like after the game was over, everyone had their source on what had gone down with Mike Stoops, that he had been fired. I think, Josh, I don't know if you got this email. Uh, I'll just say it. It's it's good old CT sooner emailed me saying uh, he had a great source that said Mike Stoops and Lincoln Riley got into a a shouting match with each other and he was fired on the spot.
3: I did not get that email. And it'll be interesting to hear the feedback we get on that. But, I definitely heard the rumors that there was this huge shouting match, and they'd gone their separate ways, and everyone knew what was going to happen.
0: Yeah, and and that never happened. Like, like stuff just keeps getting invented because people want Mike Stoops to be fired so badly. They want to believe anything that they'll believe anything that's said. It's unbelievable to me. Like, what was it? I was I I said this on Twitter yesterday. I'm going to make a list of all the Mike Mike Stoops rumors that have been out there because they've been so. So, I mean, someone told me that he's definitely resigning on Friday. I can tell you, I've talked to Mike Stoops. I talked to him yesterday. He's not resigning on Friday. He laughed about it. hes I'm not going to say really what he's got. Just from the tone I got from talking to him, he's not resigning. He's trying to find a way to make this defense better and to recruit better. And really, that's what it came down to. And I'll just go ahead and play this right now because I, I was the one that asked Lincoln yesterday... Kind of about you know where he is with his defense, and it's a it's a it's a two-parter, but it's a it's a long answer. But uh, this is what I think everybody wants to hear. I know you don't you know, really <clears throat> care what you know, the people are saying out there, but overwhelmingly, people are concerned about the defense after you know giving up that many points. How do you address that moving forward? Do you um, do you have concerns yourself? I mean, winning a championship. Seems like it takes a little bit better defense of product than maybe what you guys
1: are putting on the field. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we've won, we won three of them. Not the, not the big one, but we've won three in a row. Uh, you know, so I think you know, people got to look back at the last three years, too. You know, I mean, we've had three straight Big 12 championships, two playoff appearances, and we've played in the Orange, Sugar, and Rose Bowl the last three years. So, there's a lot that's working, too. No doubt. Do we, do we need to get better? Yeah, of course we do. Uh, we need to get better on, on all the sides of the ball. You know, it's about it's about putting one team, you know, together that can, you know, give yourself a chance to win it. You know, we've done it here the last few years. Um, so, uh, yeah, those will be conversations that we have as, you know, we kind of do our year in review and self-evaluate. I think a lot of that's going to, you know, going to improve just, you know, with recruiting. You know, I think that's, that's always the biggest issue um you know you look you look on the field at the two defenses you know and one of them looked a little bit different than the other just physically you know so we gotta um you know we gotta continue to to grow in that area and i and i think we're starting to i mean the the young guys that contributed this year you know this class even just you just take the guys that we just signed we're getting ready to sign some other pretty good ones here you know i think that's that's getting ready to happen so but we gotta yeah, we gotta we gotta coach better. We gotta play better. We gotta recruit better. I mean, that's that's how you take steps forward on all three sides of it.
0: Do you do you still feel like Mike is the guy for you at defense coordinator? Because I mean, he's just taking a beating out there. Okay. Yeah,
1: that's that's part of this job. I'm sure, I'm sure all of us are taking a beating right now. That's a good thing is people could say it, but I don't have to listen to it, you know. And that's uh, that's kind of part of how it goes. I get it. The coordinators, head coach, and quarterback are the people when you don't win a game that are going to take a beating, you know and. Probably the same people that, you know, after the Big 12 championship game, when we when we, when we hold down a good TCU offense and beat them twice in a row and win that, that everybody's singing your praises. That's the nature of the beast with this deal. So Mike's a really good coach. Um, I, I do. I have a lot of confidence in him as I do our whole staff. Uh, you know, to do what this staff and this program did this year with all the changes and all that, it's unprecedented, you know. And, People better remember that, too.
0: Here's the thing. If you are ahead, and Bob Stoops kind of taught me this uh, just over a long stretch of time. If you believe in something, keep believing in it, regardless of what the noise is around you. I mean, everybody believes, for the most part, that Mike Stoops should no longer be the defensive coordinator, and I understand why. I, I totally understand why. But the thing is, Lincoln Riley is the guy that spends all the time with him in the coaching offices. Ruffin McNeil... Knows defense. He knows Mike Stoops. He knows what he's trying to do. Bob Stoops knows what they're trying to do. For whatever reason, fans have to realize that Lincoln Riley sees something in Mike Stoops that says he should be, still be our defensive coordinator. I know you don't believe that, and it makes a lot of people say, well, I, I mean, a lot of people have said this to me. They said, well, then Lincoln Riley needs to be fired or Lincoln Riley doesn't know what he's talking about. Like maybe your bitch ass needs to be fired for saying something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but what it comes down to is people they they want Mike Stoops gone and they're willing to say anything to make it happen, in, including making up rumors. And it is it's it's that time I understand it. I under, like I'm just telling you, Lincoln Riley it's not vote of confidence. It is Lincoln Riley believes that Mike Stoops is a good defensive coordinator. Now, you heard him say in there, recruiting, and I think the most, I I guess, damaging thing that he said in there was, when you look at Georgia and you look at us, those are two different teams on defense. And he's right, Josh.
3: Oh, he's 100% right. I mean, you, you look at their personnel, it's different. And that's, to me, that's what I cling on to in that quote And and all that audio we just played—that's my problem with it, because it's not like Mike just showed up and was handed these cards. These are the guys he recruited. Yeah, these—these were guys he signed off on. Bob signed off on. Now, I'm not saying that these were the guys that if OU could add anybody in the country, these are the guys they would have wanted. I'm not making that case. I understand that in a lot of cases they were not. I think there's—I mean, you could say Neville Gallimore, uh, Amani Bledsoe. But I mean, by and large, those are not the guys that oh, you wanted first top of the litter. But at the same time,
0: it's, my what are we on seven years now? Is that right? Mike would have come back five. He came no, he came back. Uh, he would have come back the summer before uh, um, Stephen Parker's junior year, right?
3: You mean in, in high school? Yeah, yeah in yeah, high yeah. school. Okay, I was like, yeah, yeah. So six years. Yes. So eleven. Okay, but I mean that's that's three full si- <clears throat> excuse me full cycles of seniors. Like I get that. Uh, I agree with Lincoln completely. That's not the same personnel. <clears throat> wow, I'm dying over here. And I understand that there is a. It's tougher. I mean there there are more guys in Georgia. Georgia can never leave their own state. And could start a really good eleven on defense. Like yeah, the,
0: I, saw, I, I get it. I, I saw a, a a graphic of where all the players were from. Did you see that in the college football playoff? Like like Oklahoma, where all their players are from Georgia, Alabama. Like yeah. Georgia's all their players were like were like from two states.
3: Oh yeah, Georgia has one from Washington. Jacob Eason, they're now backup quarterback. Yeah, I mean like that's. That's pretty much it when you looked around the country. They recruit the Southeast. So, I, I mean, I get that. I do. I understand that it's more difficult, all those things. But at the same time, like, I don't – and that's why, you know, everybody's like, oh, wholesale changes on defense. You're going to blame Ruffin McNeil because the defensive line's not right and he's been there six months? Like, that's not well, let, me okay, let, let me it, ask you this. Okay, let me ask you
0: this, Josh, because we all know defensive line, I would say is as bad as linebacker recruiting has been, defensive line is the biggest problem of this defense because – you're throwing guys out there like Kenneth Mann, who is one of your best players, yet he's 280 pounds, if that. Yep. And yep. You, you you lost Matt Romar. That's a tough loss. I mean, he was a decent player, but he wasn't a great player. He was a decent player, but some size that could have played zero technique for you that could have helped you out a lot. As much as Overton's helping you out. Uh, but here's the here's what I want to know, Josh. So ever since Jackie Ship, it's just been a constant revolving door of defensive line coaches: Jerry Montgomery, Diron Reynolds, uh, then Calvin Thibodeau came in. Let me ask you: like how much knowing as valuable as that position is, and relationships that that you know how valuable relationships are at that position. Even how much has that really hurt OU as much as anything? Just having that revolving door of defensive line coaches.
3: Oh, it, it hurts a lot. I mean, and you look at, and I think that's something all. So that's been been an issue. Is that's something Calvin's had to fight. You know, Jerry Montgomery didn't really have any track record, but he'd been around some places. He, people kind of knew him. He had, and you know he'd been at Michigan, so there was there was some name recognition there, and he could go in to some places. Deron Reynolds could say, "Hey, I coached the NFL." Calvin hasn't had that thing he could fall back on yet, just because he's such a young guy. Like there, it's not his fault. Bob hired him. Bob believed in him. But there's you know he doesn't have a. Tra- Track record because of well look at all these NFL guys I got you know but now he's starting to build that today is a great example Dorance Armstrong the guy at Kansas just announced he's going to the NFL he'll be a top two or three round pick that Calvin can say I recruited him I saw him we had him on the right track as a freshman and hell he was better as a freshman under Thibodeau at Kansas than he was as a junior without him so I mean there are some good things there but there's no question you can't at such a key position. I mean, look on the opposite side of the ball, Bill Bedenbaugh. It's not coincidence that he's been there. Nothing's changed. Nothing's moved. And that offensive line, even losing the best offensive lineman he's produced at Oklahoma, Orlando Brown, they're going to be fine next year. They're still going to be really, really good on the offensive line. Yeah. And it's just going to be a matter of how good they are with what whoever replaces Orlando Brown, be it Adrian Ely or whatever, whatever direction they go in.
0: Well, it, you know, I, I think you look at just the defense overall. Um, I look, I Tim Kish has not gotten it done at linebacker recruiting, but what is just break down for everybody defensive line linebacker recruiting. I mean, you got Jalen Redmond coming, in. you got some some rush ends that you're confident can be potential difference makers. How quickly can guys come in next year and make this defense better, Josh? And who are those guys if you, for the people? For the well, people, you know, the people listen.
3: Listen, people.
0: They <laughs> the, haven't uh, already turned it off after we said Mike shouldn't
3: be killed down the some in of, a fire. Some of them. Yes, no, the, the four people that are still <laughs>
0: listening, take us in. We'll get back. Uh, I mean, no, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you something. Just stay tuned. I'm gonna give you something that is a little interesting, and I'm not saying I'm being a crap starter, but I might be starting some crap.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, you look at. I mean, I, I've been guys, and we'll get into this in a little bit, but I've been in San Antonio this week watching two Army All Americans americans ronnie perkins and ron tatum that have already signed with oklahoma ronnie perkins will be at oklahoma in two weeks time so i mean there there is reason to think things are getting better i mean uh, of oklahoma's entire defensive line neville gallimore is the only guy that's been at that level By uh, my, what, what the hell Bledsoe has happened to, a good player can but, somebody tell me what the hell has
0: happened to neville gallimore because uh, i don't know, even think funny. the coaching staff knows what's happened to him
3: I it, you you read my mind because I had a conversation with somebody the other day when we were talking about all this Mike stuff in our little group text. I I was talking to somebody and there was we've got to get him going. We we've got to figure out what's good because I I think we all expected it and talking to to some of my guys and I'm sure you guys have had the same conversations. They all expected it. Like I think oh you thought he was really gonna become a guy this year, and that just didn't happen. I mean he was. Where would you guys have him? OU's fourth or fifth, fifth best defensive lineman this year. I mean, maybe, maybe. I mean, I mean you got, I, I'd, I'd have Lankin think, ahead of him. I'd have Bledsoe. I can't think uh, of a time e. Ward, they, Ward. I can't yep. think
2: of a time that he made like dominant plays. He chased no. a couple quarterbacks I, down and I made him made him throw against maybe like a Tulane or, or a UTEP. But
3: I mean, towards the end of the year, was there was a no, good period was, of time no, where he, he was just wasn't playing.
0: He's just gone.
3: Yep. And I thought maybe the time off, him getting healthy, I think we even talked about it in the pod last time, that maybe that was going to help him and he'd be a little better and cleaner. And I didn't notice him at all against Georgia.
0: I just think it's bizarre that that Link, that Ruffin McNeil can get through to Devontae Lampkin, who is a guy I think we all probably, after we heard about that six-game suspension, we thought, oh, that dude's going to wash out. He's yeah. never going to be anything. He's actually become OU's only real, you know, Playmaker at the nose position. They need three of them. Yeah, I mean, and and Ruffin McNeil has pulled that out of him, and he can't seem to pull anything out of Neville Gallimore, which makes me believe completely that it's all Neville Gallimore. I'm blaming yeah. Canada.
2: It's an indictment on Canada. Yeah, I'm blaming Canada. Justin Trudeau, damn I'm free health care.
3: <laughs> but no, I, I, because guys, I mean. You looked at his tape, and uh, I mean, it all. I mean, this isn't a guy that OU liked, and maybe other people didn't. Neville Gallimore took official visits to Florida State. I mean, he went to. He could have went. Uh, Ohio State was in his recruitment. Like he could have went to all of the big boys. And and you know, uh, I know we we go back and forth about where we stand on Jerry Montgomery, but Jerry Montgomery nailed him. I mean, he landed him. That that was his big home run get. It was his and early get. on, it looked like it was a home run. And I, this year, man, it just didn't come to game. I don't know what the story was.
0: But, I mean, that's a pretty good example of what's happened to the defensive line. I mean, that's one guy yep. that you can't afford. You can't afford to miss on these guys. You know, and I'm not saying they're missing. I mean, nobody's missing on, on, on some of these you know, top 100 kids. It's just, do, are they busts or not? I mean, so far, Neville Gallimore has been a bust. You can't afford busts at defensive line recruiting uh, at Oklahoma. Maybe you can at Ohio State. Maybe you can at uh, you know Alabama. You can't afford it at Oklahoma. So there, I mean, there's
2: reason to think, though, that this defense is going to be better. They're returning a lot of guys. But yeah, next we, we year. were getting,
0: we we're talking. I'm sorry, I yeah. took us off track. No, we no, no, I got sidetracked. Guys yeah, that's, that's that were coming too. in uh, in this recruiting class. And I know there's, you know, all kinds of stuff out there about Nick Bonito, but you can address that too. Uh, but just, just how much better can they get with the class coming in, Josh?
3: They can get better. I mean, I, I think there is reason to think that yeah, there there is room for improvement. What? What's still interesting is when you look at what they're doing up front with the guys they're recruiting, there is still that question of what is OU going to be going forward? Are they going to stick with this three man or was that more of, okay, we had striker. Okay. Then we feel like we had Oboe and those were our two best guys and we're going to tailor things to them. Now you kind of move away and you don't have that clear guy that's, well, that's their next pass rusher is that stand up edge Jack guy. So what are you going to do now? And I, I, I mean, there there are arguments to be made with their personnel that they could move back to a four man front and be pretty comfortable. So uh, it's really interesting to see. But I, I mean, like I said, Ronnie Perkins is a guy. I feel it, and I've talked to other people that agree. He'll play next year. I mean, that that's what they expect of him. He looks good at Army. He's, you know, he's went toe to toe with you know OU commitments, Bray Walker, Daryl Simpson, and guys on the other squad. Uh, I think he'll have a good game on Saturday when you watch him. The guy that, to me, is the real question, and physically is better. Probably, if you look around the state of Oklahoma, which is a great year at the top of Oklahoma, the only guy other than Bray Walker that has that, all the measurables, all, all the physical talent, everything you could ever want, it's Ron Tatum.
0: But it's just whether all or not the stuff.
3: You but can get it there's out. There's times it. when I watch him and. Yeah, I sent Eddie the video from him the first half of Army practice on Tuesday morning, and he didn't do anything, guys. He just I, stood around, and he kind of stuttered his feet, and you know, and they're doing one-on-ones, and he didn't look like he cared at all. It was the same stuff I've always had a problem with with Ron. Then in the afternoon, he comes back, and he's beating the crap out of people. And you're just like, who are you? Like, Which guy do you want to be? Because if, if Ron Tatum wants to be great, Ron Tatum's a first-round pick. I mean, he's that talented. But if he's going to be half-assed, he'll he'll wash. I mean, it's going to be the same thing we just talked about with Lampkin. Like, they're either going to reach him, and it's going to connect, and it's going to make sense, and he'll be a legit, you know, we can take him to Georgia, we can take him to Alabama, and he can help us win football games, or he's a guy that won't be able to play against, you know, Kansas. So it's just, where do you go? And then you throw in Jalen Redmond, who I think is probably – a bigger, stronger I don't, more athletics is not the right word, but better in space Oboe. I mean, Jalen is, he can do all the things that Oboe can do, and I think he's better against the run. I think he can work dropping into the pass if OU wants to do some of that with him. Uh, he, he's tremendously gifted. So for Oklahoma to have those three guys on the edge, that's the start. And you've got to build off it. You know, you've got to put another class. Because that's, that's where Georgia won. They could just keep throwing bodies and bodies and bodies at Oklahoma. And OU, Like it's great to have a good starting three. They don't even have that right now. They've got to get that hill climb and then keep adding people. That's why OU's offense is so dominant because they can throw out, oh, Mark Andrews nicked his ankle. We'll throw Grant Calcaterra out there. I mean, they can do that offensively. They've got to get to where they can do it on defense.
0: I. It baffles me now that you look at it. That OU is the only team in this region now that's gone to multiple college football playoffs, and you know that the Texas A&M or Texas would ever win a recruiting battle for a, a, a great defensive player, like it's baffling to me. Like, why would that happen? Like, if you want a chance to go and make a difference on a huge stage, there's a better guarantee that that's going to happen in Oklahoma than anywhere else in this region. I mean, I could see Bobby well- Brown going to Alabama. But, my God, I mean, like, what are you thinking?
3: And you look around, and, uh, and I'm trying to pull him up real quick as we're kind of having this conversation, but you look at our state, Texas top, top state rankings, you've got a cornerback at the top, Anthony Cook, and he'll fall. I, I've been telling people for months he's not what we've got him at, and I think that's going to change. But that's neither here nor there. Anthony Cook, number one player in Texas, corner. Number two guy, safety, B.J. Foster. Number four guy, corner. Number five guy, safety uh number yeah number 10 uh we'll stick with those 5. Those guys are all, all going to Texas. All four of those guys are elite DBs that are going to Texas. What has Texas shown you that makes you feel like that's the answer?
2: I I think I, that I, a lot I don't of understand it. I think a lot of that is just going back into the fight that Oklahoma has been battling forever against these Texas kids they grow up in the state there's so much state pride in going to the University of Texas and so much I think notoriety as well just with classmates and and family and everybody else that they just that's where you go if you grow up in Texas you go to Texas and they they will go to Texas as long as Texas has a football program it doesn't matter if they're two and eight three and nine four and seven but that's whatever the thing, uh,
0: and like the the reason that they're going to Texas I mean this is the age old argument I mean that's the reason Oklahoma beats Texas, because Texas has got a guy, a bunch of guys that are just happy to be there yeah. going to Texas versus guys that are going somewhere to win football games. Right. Like, is there—any of those guys give a shit about winning football games? Well, I, and on the flip
3: side, guys, this is what we always get into when people ask me, why does OU go to California and recruit so much? Why does OU go to all these other places? Because they can go get the same kind of guys they could get out of Texas— that, that are going to UT and AM for some unknown reason. There's not that state loyalty in California. They yeah. can Caleb Kelly grows up in Fort Worth. He probably goes to UT. It's
0: because they do parades. They do love a parade. The parades are bigger than the football. And Scientology. <laughs> I didn't see any Scientology R <laughs> there. Uh, no, but yeah, I mean it is like like if you live in California. I can understand, like, Eddie and I were just there for eight days. I can understand not being interested in football if you live in California. Oh. There's a lot
2: of things to do. Tons of stuff to do. Beautiful weather. Absolutely gorgeous weather. You don't have to worry. I mean, I, and walking around Pasadena, I, I'm the biggest UCLA critic of all time. I can see why a kid would want to go there and play football. That'd be awesome. But at the same time, I, I don't know. It, It seems like the guy that can finally figure out how to get... The five-star linebacker or the five-star right, shit. Oh, you take a high four-star linebacker at this point. If they could figure out a way to get those kids, you'll, it's like they'll have have cracked the code.
0: People are fighting over everybody's fighting over Deshaun White. He's not even a four-star. He is. He moved in oh, move the two fifty the last okay. one, but
3: you you've been right for a huge amount of time. So yeah, <laughs>
0: until now,
2: now you're wrong. Yeah, it just now I, you're wrong. They've OU's been looking to get over the hump for so long on the defensive side of the ball. It just I don't know. That's that's why I might fall back into the idea that maybe and nothing against Mike, maybe that's maybe it is an answer to go out and get a new voice of something. But I don't that it certainly appears today that that's not going to happen on January 4th, so you know, you're going to have to figure out a way to go out and get these kids
0: or now, it's going to be the it, same thing I mean, over it, and over. Is it me or am I crazy? Is if Lincoln Riley does not hire this 10th assistant on the defensive side of the ball, it's a failure. I'm going to say that right now. It's insane. It's insanity. It's
3: there's no way now if you want to I mean okay guys let's say Tim Kish is not going to you know let's assume status quo remains with the nine guys that are there nothing changes you have to accept that either a Tim Kish isn't getting it done or b is your oldest coach is probably going to retire at some point right like I mean there's not going to be eight more years of Tim Kish like that that seems unlikely so would you get a linebacker's coach and let him work with Tim and kind of have you, you know he'll take the reins when Tim's gone and then he'll hire somebody else?
0: I mean, do you really need 3 linebacker coaches? I mean, I guess they don't
3: have they I don't almost have more coaches at linebacker than they have linebackers available. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, that's bad. That's so freaking true. <laughs> I mean, you could easily <laughs> move amazing. Mike, uh, you could
0: easily move Mike back to the secondary if you wanted to.
3: Yeah. I, I think yeah. it would
0: be a failure of an offseason
2: if they don't make any changes on the defensive side of the ball.
0: But I'll say this, How can you not hire an offensive guy when Lincoln Riley is coordinator and and head coach? Like he needs somebody. He he does, but we walked out of the first half of that game
2: thinking Lincoln Riley he didn't push a button that didn't work. And then everybody looks at the second half. Except the squib
0: kick that was a bad. The
3: the
2: squib kick and that's debatable on who you know who's in charge. I said
3: that's not on Lincoln. Everybody's trying to make that a bad. It was a smart call. It just didn't get executed right. Like that's I've got no problem with that. Kerry, okay we've i want to get back to something because i want to ask you because i i know you from talking to lincoln obviously you're the person to talk to okay there obviously we know what lincoln said yesterday i think i reading his quotes i felt like there was some wiggle room in some of what he said um now i could just be like you're talking about everybody else like trying to look for something uh, i get I that that's fine i'm
1: close you know i I'm sorry.
3: This no, no, I, I thought you were trying to reason. like you were gonna play a perfect part and it was just gonna spike it in my face.
0: No, but, I um, mean I know what you're talking about, and but do uh, I you have think that... there uh, like what would you say the
3: odds are that starting next season Mike Soup's is over defensive coordinator?
0: I mean, I would say sixty percent.
3: Okay. That that's about where I'm at. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, I wasn't sure if I was just way off the mark.
0: He's the favorite to to be the defensive coordinator. Yeah. But I'll say this yeah. I mean I think it's a lot of people have told me this, and I think a, I, people close to Mike have even told him this. Dude, get out of here. Like, go get another job somewhere. It'll be, be It's better for your sanity than to deal with this. And I, I, I was asking you about the 10th assistant coach because uh, Lincoln was asked about it yesterday, and he had a couple of really interesting—this is my crap starter segment— he had a couple okay. of really interesting things to say, and it's probably some of the quotes that you read.
1: Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm close, you know. I think uh, I've got some – I've put some thought into it, and then once we got into Georgia prep, I kind of put it out of my mind for a while. So I'll kind of get back on it here the next few days. But I will say that I don't, I don't feel any type of – I don't feel a sense of urgency right now to get it done right on that day. So I don't – you know, I wouldn't – be expecting it if I were you guys right on that day. I, I I to me it's more important to make sure we get the right guy, not just the right guy, but that it fits within the staff. You gotta see you gotta see how the staff shakes out, you know, when you win as much as we have people and people already have been and we'll continue, you know, to be going after our guys. So, you know, there may be a deal where if your staff is in place like it is, you may have a clear direction, but if something changes, then that might affect what you want to do with the 10th coach. So, um, yeah, we'll kind of see how it all plays out.
0: Now, I know, you know, that's the thing about this whole deal is everybody jumps to conclusions on everything. So I think what a lot of people just heard is, oh, Mike could leave for another job. I think that's what everybody wants to have heard him just say when he said, you don't know, other people have inquired about our coaches. I'm more inclined to believe it could be like Kale Gundy or somebody like that. I mean, um. Maybe even a a Carrie Cooks or uh, maybe maybe even Calvin Thibodeau. I, I don't. It doesn't mean that you know he's saying Mike might not be here, but it doesn't mean he's not saying that either. It's
4: interesting because
0: well, Carrie. I mean, the perfect example
3: is when that whole stuff with Mike was going down, and then yesterday morning when you posted those notes, hey guys, this is not what it sounds. You know, it, it doesn't sound like anything is imminent here. And we got th- that private message, and I won't go into who sent it. I don't want to put anybody out there. But it was a, well, why did Radley, Brendan Radley-Hiles say a defensive coordinator was going to get fired?
0: Well, that's the other well, thing. He it's didn't like, say that. No, he, he never, never said, said defensive that. Coordinator. He He's, just said a coach. He said he was told that coach 20 minutes ago was not going to be, was, was not, was let go or something like that. And then everyone jumps to the conclusion. Oh, it's Mike Stoops. It's and everyone Mike Stoops. assumed
3: that whoever told him that just knew.
0: Well, everybody what, assumed that Kerry like, Cooks told Brendan Radley-Hiles that Mike Stoops was going to be fired. It's yep. just this, it it, it could have been his mother
3: heard the rumor. It could have been anywhere. It could have been a coach from Florida State. I mean, it, I, that's a, I, I know a few people that thought maybe there was some Clemson connection to that conversation.
0: Well, yeah, because, I mean, don't you definitely get the feeling like Clemson, it, like his family would be pushing him toward Clemson? Pretty strongly, if they found out that there was a coaching change at Oklahoma. Sure. Well, well,
3: and look at Dabo with his whole thing with Jackson Carmen. I don't know if you guys even saw that, where he was calling or he was saying Urban Meyer's oh, only yeah. gonna retire oh, yeah. before too long. Like, Clemson's not above that game, like that. I mean, and I don't care. That's fine. That the recruiting's pretty much all is fair at this point in the world. But like, let's not play, let's not pretend that Clemson wouldn't take that shot if they had it.
0: I I, I totally see Dabo as a guy that is. Got people surfing every OU fan site out there trying to find a rumor so he can send it to a recruit.
3: Oh, I mean, and that's that's just the norm. Like I know for when Urban Meyer went on that rampage early in the year against uh, Tom Herman, when Herman was like, "These aren't our players," you know, kind of that whole thing, and Her- Meyer was like, "Oh, these guys are all my players. From the minute I step on campus, that's what I do." I've talked to a lot of people that think that was a clear and direct message for Anthony Cook like that that was all recruiting pitch and he just he threw Herman under the bus to try and win a recruit so I mean that that stuff happens all the
0: time uh, but you know Lincoln kind of continued uh, and uh, talked about a little bit more about the staff hire and said similar things again
1: I don't think we have a place where I'm where I feel like on staff that there's just like this glaring need right now that this one area is just not getting enough attention. or So I don't think there's one obvious one right now. There's some there's some options to me that are obvious as far as if the staff stays intact where we could bring somebody in to to help supplement us. But I don't think we have just that one big gaping hole right now.
4: So he said it again,
1: if
0: the staff remains intact. Why would he say that twice? I feel like we're, we're doing the truth or – Podcast now we'll, we'll, we we know Eddie, I love Eddie. odds, and we'll throw that out there again. if Eddie hasn't jumped on this, yeah, Eddie's yeah. been quiet.
2: I would have fired Mike soupups on Monday <laughs> so i uh, I mean I just they they're doing the same thing over and over again. I think it's time to get a new voice in there. It's kind of like uh what they did with the offense. It worked out pretty well, didn't it? Here's what it is to me. This is more than anything like it, they they keep doing the same thing over and over again, and they expect different results. I, don't, I just don't understand that. Maybe maybe there's a reason they're not getting these these big guys. And yep. you can blame it on the conference, but at some point, give somebody else an opportunity. It can't get any worse. They gave up Hold 54 it points. It was bad. They gave up 54 points in an, a defense that looked like they literally had a month to prepare and weren't able to line up correctly? That doesn't make sense to me. Whose fault is that that, that I mean... You got into the idea that the linebackers weren't prepared. Well, Kenneth Murray had to play because he was a freshman. You know, all of that. But at the same time, they had a month to get ready. I don't understand how you don't... Did Georgia just come out... I mean, Josh, you did the under the hood. Did Georgia just come out in formations
3: that they had never seen before? Hell no. Georgia did the same stuff they've done all... Year. The, the only thing that Georgia changed helped OU. They tried <laughs> to prove in that first half that, that they, could they could throw, throw the ball. Yeah, yeah. If they would have just run it, I mean, that, that first half would have looked very different. And, you know, and you're right, Eddie. Like, you can talk about personnel, and that's right. It, it's, 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 it's 100% factual that Georgia has better personnel on their defense than Oklahoma does.
0: Well, I mean, OU doesn't have a Roquan Smith, and they, yeah. don't, they don't have the Clark guy in the middle. Like, Georgia, the whole thing about their defense is they didn't have great edge rushers. All their pressure was coming from right up the middle. Yep, Like, Samia could not handle 52, the Clark. Tyler Clark, is that his name? Samia
2: had a night that is probably about yeah. as forgettable. Because his his effort on the uh, field goal, on the block yeah. kick, awesome. was shit. I mean, it was terrible.
3: He had a horrible game.
2: Should have um, sure got kicked out in the second uh, half. He would have been in there.
3: Yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you, though, you watch, go back and watch that tape and watch Clark when he would ship o- shift over on top of Ben Powers. You didn't hear him. You didn't see him yeah. at all. Like, yeah. he just vanished. And, that, and, and that's why Georgia figured it out in the second half, and they just kept sticking him over the top of Drew.
0: Which I was always, I, I couldn't believe they didn't bring in Cody Ford at some point.
3: I, that, you know, we all love being – I mean, and right, rightfully, Bill, what he's done is unbelievable. I don't understand the Drew Samia fast. I, I, I thought he was very mediocre all year. I, I don't remember a game of his where I was like, man, he was really good today. I thought he was a clear weak link all season.
0: I'll say this. I mean, look, I I think Lincoln is a brilliant person, brilliant guy, brilliant coach. There's got to be something that's going to happen here that we're just going to go, oh. Like, that's why. I mean, he was, he was talking yesterday about, you know, Sooner fans are going to be really happy, you know, soon. And... I don't know if that's just Benito. If that's Benito and and Buki, which I guess we need to talk about Buki versus Buki.
4: Probably.
3: It it, <laughs> this it, it, is one of those I things think, that drives Josh mad. Did we talk I think we're about, it, we I talk we about got it? To it? I I think so. I, don't know. I remember having the I I don't know who else would care, and I had I definitely had a conversation about it. So. But uh, I mean, I mean, yeah,
2: is it something
0: beyond that?
2: You know, I I will say this though. I I think that. All these Oklahoma fans are looking at the season and thinking it's a just a complete colossal failure when it really isn't. I mean, they did win a third straight Big 12 championship, which I think a lot of people, the real diehards, would say, "Oh, well, it doesn't mean shit." They 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 won a bad conference. When I mean, it's really it's hard to do. That is hard that to to accomplish.
0: Bad conference looked pretty good in bowl games.
2: Yeah, they did,
0: but Except at the same West time, that they didn't have a quarterback.
2: Right. And Texas Tech, who just probably shouldn't even been in a bowl game. I mean, they beat a if terrible Texas Shiminen team If could get.
0: throw the ball more than 30 yards downfield, they might have had a chance. Hey, if Texas
3: Tech isn't the shining example of what we're talking about, Texas Tech played decent defense this year. They did. Yeah. Like, don't tell me it can't be done. A That's a goal moral. line
0: stand against South Florida in that game.
3: Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. South Florida's not Georgia. I get it. Texas Tech doesn't have OU's personnel, even right now. Forget about we're trying to get better. So like, you're saying that proves that Mike needs to I, bow out. I it's and I, I want people to understand, like, and I know, like, you know, we all hear about th- stuff when we say things like this. I don't think it's that Mike can't coach. I don't th- like good, good coaches don't just become stupid. Mike's been a good coach for a long time. At some point, for whatever reason, even if we, you know, even if I own, I don't know exactly what it is. It's not working. Like you, you can argue whatever you want. It's not working. And you can say, oh, we can't get the personnel. Well, maybe there's a reason the personnel doesn't want to come. You're not producing NFL guys. You're not doing that. You're not running a defense so horrib- that is
0: yeah. spotlighting guys. You're doing so horribly uh, that it's, it's given other staff so much ammo to use against you that it's making it almost impossible. Yeah. I mean, I mean at some point, I, you do have to ask yourself, would it be better just to start over? And would that be more of an advantage than what we're facing right now? Because I'll say this. Of all the things I took from yesterday, talking to multiple people, if OU doesn't recruit better players defensively, everybody's gone. I mean, that's all there is to it. That's what yep. that's what Lincoln Riley is hanging. Is that You heard him say it, that they've got to recruit better. If they don't start bringing in defensive linemen and linebackers that are closer to what people like Georgia have, then everybody's gone. Then
2: how can you go into next season with the same linebacker coach?
0: They oh, li- I don't think they I mean,
2: should. We literally are laughing about the idea that they could have more coaches than linebackers when I mean it's 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 a god honest truth. Like even if they were to get Deshaun White, even if they were to get Nick Benito on Thursday night at the Under Armour game, how can you how can you put the same guys back out there knowing that they can't recruit. They they are forever the bridesmaid in the recruitment process.
0: I go back to just not. I mean, just like Jacob Phillips. Like, dude, you had a chance to play for a national title. Yeah. And you chose LSU. Well, I mean. Where they fired their coach. Yeah. And they. It's like, what I'm saying is it's an indictment on. Oh, you need to start playing kids, On OU. Playing kids, and the, well, I mean, there was that rumor running around, but. It, and it is tough because you have to say, why aren't you better recruiters when you know that there are some shady stuff going on out there? Right. Sure. So, and, and you know, there's part of you that's just like, <laughs> kudos to OU for, you know, not being a bunch of people, you know, rolling around in the dirt with the rest of them. But at the same time, it's killing your defense.
3: Well, guys,
0: are they having trouble recruiting high-level guys on offense?
3: No, not at all. It's not like, it's not like the rules are different in recruiting from offense. Now it, th- that gets into okay, the Big 12 blah 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 and that's fine. But that's not the end all be all. Don't tell me it is. Like I I, I you guys know cuz we got into this in midseason like I understand that in the Big 12 you're not going to be a defense that holds teams to 20 points per game over the course of a season. It's just it's not going to happen. It's not realistic. I understand all of that. But to say like 450 yards that's pretty good this conference no it's not it's not good anywhere don't don't tell me that it is like I, I just i don't believe it i i can't buy into that and i certainly understand that you've got to have an offense that can help you You can't keep going out on the field every you know 35 seconds because your offense just keeps ringing the bell but at the same time oklahoma's had some good run ground games the last two years and their defense still hasn't been able to stay off the field
0: all right i don't want to do an entire hour on mike stoops i mean i think i think all <laughs> of us we should do a whole day on this. All of us say, you know, and, and I think we all stand behind the fact that yes, it has to be better. I you know, I'll just say Lincoln has to make this decision. It's up to him. It's his I can't change his mind. If you wanna if you wanna go out there and bitch about it on social media, he said it in there, like, I I don't have to listen to it. I'm not gonna listen. To it. And he's not a guy that he I mean, like, you talk about Bob Stoops having a bunker mentality. Lincoln has a little bit of a bunker mentality. Like and that's what I said. It comes down to believe in what you do and don't let other people lead you astray or make you question yourself. And that's what he's doing with Mike Stoops. Now, I, I, I'm also that guy that says when the, the bitching and moaning gets to a certain point, the fans aren't wrong. And the fans aren't wrong to say that if, if, if Lincoln Riley got rid of Mike Stoops, it would to, he would totally be justified if right.
2: he did it. It it's it's interesting too. This is the first time that Lincoln's ever had to be in this position as a head coach. Like he obviously wasn't going to make changes in June last year. So this is the first time that he's out making decisions about the program for himself pretty much. Yeah. I think this summer is all about him putting his I guess touch or stamp onto the program because he really he basically was the manager for Bob's program this past
0: year. Well, and I think it comes down to, you know, it just comes down to what Lincoln feels about how this is going to affect recruiting. And doing it now, I think he feels like it would do too much damage to the recruiting class. I mean, it's going to do damage if you do it eventually.
2: So you, are you, am I reading into this? You think there's a better chance they wait until after February to make any kind of staff move?
0: Oh, you won't. There's no way anything's happening before Saturday. No way. Right. Now, go to coach, take a job somewhere else? That's
2: a, yeah, that's a, that's different, a different situation. Story.
0: Yeah. Uh okay, so Orlando Brown announces yesterday he's going to leave early for the NFL. We're we're still waiting on Mark Andrews to make any kind of decision. I know one guy that in, I didn't even want to really put any credence to it because people would ask me about it a lot, and I just thought not that it was a dumb question, it just struck me as like, why would you even be thinking about that? Which is Rodney Anderson. Uh, and Lincoln was asked about that yesterday.
1: Rodney's not among the players, considering going to the NFL. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think so. I, I haven't had a conversation with him yet. I think he's, I, I don't want to speak for him, but I don't, I don't believe so. No.
0: And I just, guys, I just, I mean, a guy that's missed two full seasons almost, uh, that's had really seven games on his schedule, He's a really impressive running. I mean, he's way better than I thought he could be.
2: The, the worst part about the ending of the Rose Bowl was probably the fact that his first half and I guess middle third quarter was overshadowed by the loss. Like he was incredible yeah. in the
0: first half. He's special. I mean, I never that thought was, I would say that about no, him. No,
2: that was that was Josh, and you probably saw him as more than anybody else down in uh, Houston. That was the Rodney Anderson. That that was the the high four star. Everybody in the country wanted type running back.
3: Yeah, you know, as a guy that I saw a couple of times, both as a junior and a senior, this, I mean, that's the guy that was there in high school. Now, I'll be honest, I didn't think it would translate as well as it has. We've talked about that in the pod for a couple of months now. He, he's just been unbelievable. But talking, it was funny listening to a bunch of Georgia fans that were like, like holy crap, who is that guy? Like, there, there was a real... If there was any player that completely won Georgia's respect after the game, it was Rodney Anderson. The way he ran that, you know, and I think for me, the play that sums up how good he was, that dude stiff-armed Roquan Smith and then ran away from him. Like, that doesn't happen. I mean, anybody that's watched, Roquan Smith is special, and Rodney physically handled him a little bit. It was, it was like I said, I am with Lincoln Riley and thinking that it, and with you guys and thinking that it would make more sense for him to come back. But boy, if you were going to talk about a game that was a launching point to say, you know, it's going to be hard for my star to get much higher than it is right now, you you could make the case that he was that good in the Rose Bowl.
2: I think I don't know, I could be completely way off base and I would be the last person that somebody would want to come and get advice to about something like this, but a guy that has already had the type of injuries that he's had, I would almost take my chances in the NFL because if you get hurt again, your career might be over. And you might as, well, might as well do it on the biggest stage possible. I think you almost, though, you're going to have to have a year of showing everybody, of you, showing can stay everybody healthy. you can stay healthy before you even get drafted. Yeah. Because, I mean, he, didn't, he barely played in the Ohio State game. Yeah. Like, he, the last he seven, eight games. He
0: was a string tailback in that game. And oh,
2: there was remember, <laughs> Kansas State game. I remember direct messaging our group saying, Giving carries to Rodney Anderson is a waste of a carry.
0: <laughs> well, remember in that Ohio State game, and I think the only reason he played, because you pointed this out during pregame, but like Marcellius Sutton came down on the field with like a big thing on his thumb. Yeah. Like he couldn't even grip a football. Right. He had a cast, like a soft cast. So, I mean, that opened the door for him to go from fourth team to third team in that game.
2: He took advantage of it.
0: And the only reason that <laughs> happened is because Abdul Adams fumbled. Yeah, that's true. No, but he he had a sensation. I mean, I was so wrong about him. I just thought he was too stiff and you know not not really a a guy with good vision. I just thought he was a guy that was kind of like a, a really muscled up Keywon Jones, to be yeah. honest with you. Well, and I mean Orlando, everybody
2: knew that was going to happen. That was a no brainer. Yeah, I think Mark yeah. Andrews is probably a no brainer. Oh, it's it's a, a matter of when. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Evans probably comes back. I would think. I don't even think that – I don't know if he's given thought to coming back. I mean uh, – Yeah, leaving. I wouldn't even
0: think that he'd,
3: he'd thought Well, he leaving. tweeted something about, you know uh, – here it is. Thankful I get to call these guys my brothers. It's a picture of him, all the guys before the, the game. Uh, this group has pushed me uh, – And then he mentions OB and Eric Wren, go secure that bag. Like, sounding very much like a dude that will he'll be – be back next year, they can go do their thing. Yeah, it'll be a so, late stay on that. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, because next year he gets to be the Orlando.
0: Right. Yeah, I because don't really see him, understand that he's special. He's just, I, I've never really got the impression talking to him that he is like overly ambitious that way. Like he's just yeah. so humble and down to earth. And you know, he still talks like a guy that just, just trying to impress his dad. I just don't get that kind of ambitious. I want to get to the league thing from him.
3: Oh, I was going to say, even if he had the kind of year that Orlando had this year, you know, Outland finalist, first team All American, all that stuff, it wouldn't shock me at all if he came back for a senior year. You like know, if he thought yeah. that was a national title kind of team.
0: And he's a guy. If they wanted to, they could move him to left tackle. I mean, he could play left tackle. I mean, Bills played him there. It sure. feels like Adrian Ely who isn't ready for that yet. Which I mean, that's. Did you say if he does, or he, or did you like say he thinks he? If isn't he ready? doesn't think that Adrian okay. Ealy is ready to be a yeah. starting left tackle, he could put him at right. And I don't okay. even know if he Okay, I was making there. sure I hadn't
3: missed something really good there.
0: No, no, no. I, I, and I don't even know if he's tried to play him at right. For all I, my understanding is he's strictly played left tackle, mm-hmm. in, in practices up to this point. And then I mean, it's going to be intriguing seeing Creed Humphrey as a center. I mean, that will be OU's biggest, most powerful center that they've ever had. You know, he, in the Stoops era, at least.
2: I, I don't want to say he's transformed his body, but we'll be running an interview probably later this week. Yeah, uh, that we talked to uh, we talked to Creed at
0: Media Day on you brought up the his, him being my son thing. Yeah, he negated it. He'd confirmed <laughs> he confirmed that he, he has real know, parents. He, he does know who his parents are. Uh, he is, and I told him that I'm I'm pretty sure I never you know gave away a child. He is humongous though. There's no way I could have produced that. I mean, he's
2: a monster. He is humongous. Like, he is. I thought he was big in high school. I feel like he almost has maybe gotten a
0: little bit taller. Did he, like, live on a farm and got, you know, like, did he used to bathe in growth hormones for the cows or something?
2: I don't know. If they do, though, maybe they should start doing that more with their uh, offensive linemen down there.
0: Become like a Nebraska ty- type of thing, but only in Oklahoma.
2: That's what OU needs a good steroid. Uh, well, I guess they had a Monty Bledsoe, so oh my
0: god he likes to sue eddie i would not say that
2: oh it was a joke Might have to
0: cut that out of the podcast it
2: was a joke i i think our lawyers would take care of that
0: i don't even know who that would be but uh moving on <laughs> the imaginary uh, scoop legal team i went out and hired a couple <laughs> i'll tell you guys about them okay so josh you have been uh, going back and forth the u.s army uh, Brendan Radley Hiles, the guy I think most Sooners are uh, looking forward to his announcement. Now, this all happens Saturday morning. Is that right? Saturday, like 10, 11, something like that? Uh, Noon yeah. will be
3: kickoff on okay. NBC. Okay. So everybody can watch it there. He is uh, the last one of the game. I think it's into the third quarter, is what it's currently scheduled for. So uh, I, I actually talked to him. You know, we'll have the interview coming. Um, he is, uh, he, I, he was very non Middle, he, I will say he's a fantastic interview guy. Was really good to talk to. I thought he would be a little, little cageier than he was, but he's one of those guys that's very eloquent and says a lot and doesn't say much. So he very, he was real cool about it. But with I talked to him a little bit about T.J. Pledger, and I thought that was kind of interesting. What was more telling about Brendan Radley Hiles? What I was getting from the guys who were already committed, including T.J. Pledger. I asked T.J. Pledger. I was like, so you know, because he's another early enrollment guy, and yeah. I asked him. Well, who's going to be your roommate when you get there? And he goes, "I don't know. Oh, you know, we'll we'll see you after this weekend." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay." Now, obviously, he could he could spin that to say, "Well, I just mean, you know, if Brendan doesn't come here, then I'm going to have to find somebody else. But if it's Brendan, if Brendan's coming, then I'll, he's going to be my roommate." But I, that's not the vibe I got from the quote. I I, I thought he was tipping his hat a little bit, and I'd also ask Ronnie Perkins early in the week what he thought. And as soon as I said Brendan's name, he just kind of cracked this little smile and then it kind of went away as quickly as it came. So I, I think OU knows they're in a pretty good spot here. Now, would Florida, it was interesting because uh, Woody Walmack did a bunch of interviews with guys and he was asking them where they thought Brendan was going to go. And they got there were some Florida State in there as well. I think they made a run at him. But it's just tough for me to believe that he's going to go to Florida State with all that's happening there. I still – I don't even think they've hired the defensive coordinator yet, so he still wouldn't even know who that's going to be.
0: Because of the
3: way Mike Stoops. I would just think there's a lot of questions, and I know he really likes Lincoln Riley. Uh,
0: Anything else of of note there? I mean, uh, you mentioned Pledger. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to see him at all in practices or anything, but anything that's really stood out to you? You talked about Ronnie Perkins and, and Ron Tatum yeah I,
3: I, I, we won't go over those guys again I thought you know like I said both were good Tatum was a little bit more up and down I thought Perkins was very steady um the guy who surprised me was Daryl Simpson he's been pretty good he, he really has had some nice reps and guys you know and Eddie talked about it a few weeks ago during uh, when he ran into him on the sidelines one of the games even amongst these huge human beings all these great high school players those two stick out they are large bray, I walker, mean, really, really, simpson, yes. bray and daryl are just humongous human beings and what's interesting is i would clearly have bray as a left tackle and clearly have daryl as a right but they've been working opposite of that all week and it's looking pretty good i mean i think if i was going to guess based on what i saw tuesday daryl simpson will be your starting left tackle and bray walker will be your starting right tackle for the west um so you know that'll be something to watch obviously uh, T.J. Pledger hasn't gone a lot just because of uh, he's had an ankle injury since late in the year. Uh, when I talked to him, he gave me the impression he expects to play in the game. And I know he's practiced some this week, but I think they've pretty been limiting him just to make sure that he is okay to go in the game. So I think that's obviously something to watch. Um, guys like Solomon Tuliapupu. God, whatever. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Solid. <laughs> Crazy Polly guy from California. Him Sal. Um, he is injured, and I believe didn't get in until yesterday. So I don't expect him to play at all. Uh, Isaac Taylor Stewart, the corner. Uh, just talking to people. I don't. I, I. I mean, OU may get a visit in January. I, I'd be very surprised if he goes anywhere other than USC. And finally, I guess Leon O'Neill would be the other guy. Um, kind of the same deal. I. He really talked glowingly. I know Eddie's already run the interview. I got to get it up on the site. Uh, he talked a lot about Oklahoma and he really liked OU, loved his official visit he took there during the season I just think he's going to am I just from people I talk to and the things he says I just feel like he's he's having some fun with this process but he's gonna end up at am with Jimbo Fisher
2: I thought the uh, I, don't get it. I thought the end part about O'Neal, though and it kind of goes back to what Kerry was talking about uh Josh just he he kind of laid it out there as far as uh, you know the the stigma that comes with the big 12. And yep. and you kind of brought it up well you have more opportunities to make plays on the ball and I thought that was really interesting I, I thought that was some of the insight that maybe we've been looking for for a while and I thought he
3: kind of laid yep. it out there uh I pretty honestly and did so without me really taking him there at yeah like I mean he was he was very like we were talking and I'm trying to remember the context of all that of it. it was four or five days ago now but we were going through it and he just kind of dove into that part of it and I was, like man, that's that's a great quote. That's really interesting. But I mean, you know, Eddie, you you listen to him. Leon's a fantastic guy to talk to. Oh yeah, he's a very good interview, very very open and very talkative. And we're talking after the interview, and you know, he wants to take our job. So just be prepared for that, gentlemen. <laughs> but um, so yeah, no, he's uh, like I said, Leon was interesting. I just he's a North Houston guy. A and M's right up the road. Like, and he was a longtime commitment there. There's a lot he likes about A and M, and I. I, I just think that's where he ends up. I, I think that all stick together. Uh, oh, the final guy we haven't really we mentioned him early about something else, but Deshaun White, uh, linebacker uh, that really is OU's primary linebacker. Uh, uh, I guess pursuit you'd say right now. Uh, I haven't had a chance to watch him a lot. My focus is really on, on Radley Hiles uh, early on the day that I was there for um, excuse me for practice with White. I I, I continue. You know, he said it in the interview, and I've actually got it up on the site now. We just put it up right as the podcast was starting. Uh, he's waiting for A&M to announce who their defensive coordinator
2: is going to be. Clearly— They, they literally I'm, just hired one.
3: Oh, did they really?
2: Uh, yeah. tex is reporting Notre Dame's Mike Elko will be Texas A&M's new defensive coordinator.
3: That's a really good hire. That, Elko's good. He did he did wonders at Notre Dame this year. Um but, you know, so now we'll have to see what Deshaun White's response is. I'll try to talk to him on Saturday when I'm there for the game and, and see what he thinks about Mike Elko.
0: But. And I, if Mike Stoops goes to Notre Dame now.
3: that Oh, here, the, the, the pieces all fall in place. He can um, stay at
0: Bob's, one of Bob's co- mini condos. He has two houses in Chicago. That's well, he why he's been holding on to the other one. Yeah, <laughs> to Mike. Yeah, I love it. You can connect it not so far back as to Bob knew this was going to happen. Bob knew that the Mike that, condo yeah,
2: two years ago. Mike Elko was going to take the job in January of 2018. <laughs> well, guys, who? Are That's we why Bob has his pulse.
0: And that would make sense because Bob's going to be the head coach at the Chicago Bears. Did it come out how much Aranda is, is getting? I think like for staying two and a half million. Yeah, so I imagine and and him paying two million to their defensive coordinator.
2: I loved it. Somebody said uh, <laughs> he's getting two and a half million to stay around, and they're paying a, a defense coordinator to stay around two and a half million dollars that couldn't stop. Uh, oh, who do they play in the bowl game? Notre, or Dame. Or Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame. A, a backup, backup quarterback.
3: Yeah. The, Oh, they and played. I, I think Aranda's really won, good, then. but that's that's just stupid money. That that's and it's and it's so bad by the universities because there's all this about paying players, and then you're going to turn around and pay your DCs two million dollars, But like, you almost really, have there, to nowadays. Nothing.
0: I mean, do you, do you think that OU, if they were going to attract a great defensive coordinator, they're going to have to get involved in that too?
3: Yeah.
0: Oh, they, they just are.
3: At a place like OU, your coordinator, your coordinators are going to be making a million dollars. Like that, that's that's no, where that is. They need to be is.
0: making two million dollars is what I'm saying. They're going to have to get... If they really want to get the best of the best... By the way, is John Chavis just out of a job or did he take He's a job going
2: from? to Arkansas is what it sounds like. Oh, okay. I don't think it's officially been announced.
0: I mean, he was kind of the guy that started this. And Texas yeah. A&M couldn't stop anybody this year. No, they were terrible. And they've recruited one. Kind of goes to show you. Well, guys, and...
3: You know, as much as I love Aranda, and I really do, I think he's really good. They were like, it's LSU playing in the SEC West, and they were like 54th in the country in defense. Yeah. Where was it? Let's see. LSU. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, somebody had said that. Okay. Hang on. They were 12th. They were 12th. I apparently got my numbers wrong. So It could have been one of those
0: defensive efficiency ratings or something like that.
3: Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. I, I went and looked at total defense, but I haven't looked at the efficiency ratings. But, yeah. I, to me, they can pay Aranda that because they're paying, oh, almost nothing compared to major college head coaches. And when this ship sinks, like we all know it's gonna, Dave Aranda, they're going to be right there to swoop him up and he'll be their guy.
0: What, to, to replace
3: Orgeron? Yep. And that, and my, and I bet you money. That that's what Aranda's thinking. Like, there's no way Aranda's like, you know what? If I'm going to ha- be under a head coach, I'd rather be under O than Jimbo Fisher. No way in hell. No way he's thinking but
0: that. But you guys know there's somebody out there preparing to play checkers when everybody else is playing chess with his 10th assistant. Like, Nick Saban is going to become the first person to have, you know, a backup head coach slash defensive coordinator slash offensive coordinator. Look at, look at
2: what Ohio State's doing.
0: I mean, yeah, they the Grimes guy
2: got Alex Grinch, who Grinch. is supposed to be one of the up-and-coming defensive coordinators to take the tenth position, unless. And I think a lot of that has to do with For like
0: six hundred fifty thousand. They've something.
2: told Greg Schiano, or they've told Grinch that you know Greg Schiano, if he ever leaves, you're our guy to be the defense coordinator. I think he has some ties back to Ohio into the Columbus area. What well, did he coach at Ohio State before Josh?
3: Do you know who's who's this Grinch? Yes, no, I don't think so, and. To be fair, that whole thing has been rumored. I don't think it's actually happened.
2: Like you can't announce it yet, can you? No, not till the twelfth or whatever.
3: Oh, okay, okay. I had it in my head it was on New Year's. That's when the the day. Yeah, they it moved came it out. back. I think it's January
0: tenth. Is it tenth?
3: Okay, okay. okay. Uh, to my knowledge, let's see. Now he went to Mount Union. Okay. That's probably so. There is definitely, yeah. There's a connection there. But
0: somebody's going to hire a tenth assistant, and they're going to pay him like two million dollars. They're going to steal somebody's defensive coordinator. No,
3: yeah, they are. It's going to happen. Well, because everybody keeps talk like they say tenth assistant. Like, well, he has to be the low man on the totem pole. No, he doesn't. Yeah, you can shift other guys around. Like, it doesn't have to be that way. I
0: actually asked Lincoln if he would consider hiring someone that would be a co coordinator with Mike yesterday. And his answer was, well, that's kind of Carrie Cooks' job. So it doesn't sound like that's the direction that he'll go. That was kind of the only hint he gave us. Hmm. And he also told us that not to expect an announcement on the 10th. Because he said he's okay. not in a rush to make it He's just going to
2: start
3: coaching on,
0: in the Did spring. Do you think they <laughs> would just run back to Viney? That'd be a good hire. I mean, if you're going to no, I mean, go cheap. It's
3: not bad at all. I don't mean to make it sound like it wouldn't be.
0: If you're going to go cheap, that's the way to go. And he's a tremendous – you, you want to talk about a dude that
3: can connect with the kids. Viney is that guy.
0: Brian Walters is a defensive coordinator now. In the SEC. <laughs> what was it, Vandy? No, he's at Missouri. Oh, at Missouri. That's right. He was here for like two minutes.
3: Joe John Finley was a coordinator for a minute, but you know, that didn't go the way they wanted it to.
2: That old, I mean, that Missouri staff is just like a who's who of, uh, of Oklahoma coaches. By the Heifel way, more there.
0: legitimate national championship, the OSU 1945 or the UCF?
2: I, I hate the UCF thing, but I kind of I respect it. I think it's funny. Just
0: respect the trolling?
2: Yeah, I mean, they are literally going to pay their coaches their bonus salaries. Yes.
0: That's insane. Coaches that aren't even there. That are leaving. Like what, what horrible management.
3: I mean... Yeah, like, if if you're the board of trustees at UCF, like, how do you feel about that choice?
0: I mean, if somebody... if Eddie, if you told me I'm going to work for ESPN tomorrow...
2: I don't think ESPN hired me, considering the things I've said to people that work for them.
0: JoJo um, would block you. Uh, I would not give you a raise for the (laughs) last month and then give you a a leaving bonus. Oh, and by the way... (laughs) That's insane. I just...
2: I. I, I, I hate it, but I kind of respect it. So, Central Florida, I guess keep doing you, but don't think that you're a big boy. You still have to sit at the children's table.
0: I gave, uh, speaking of you keep doing you, I gave our Enterprise uh, um, bus driver. Because, like, at LAX, you go to the rental car place, and you get on the bus, and you go back. And our bus driver was, like, one of the biggest characters I've ever seen. He was talking to us about playing semi-pro football when we got on. He was a really good dude. But the show was really up in the front of the bus where he was playing, like, modern gospel. He was giving his like, testimony. It literally, he was giving his testimony to people that were sitting in there. Every time he get the bags off, uh, he would... Uh, <laughs> what did he say? He would just, like, you know, you have a God-blessed day and don't forget, you know, so such and such. God as, loves as you. your maker and, you know, and... and keep believing in the word of God or something like so he was just doing it man and I mean just a, a large black man not like heavy or you know over just big oh he definitely played football yeah he played I, I think he said he, he, he told said he, us where Compton College and Compton then somewhere College, else yeah and so he cheered me up so much I gave him the biggest tip I've ever given anybody I gave him a 20 and I and I said just keep doing you and I gave him 20 bucks that dude made my day
2: i gave him two dollars
0: <laughs> we had a lot of bags too we 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 added bags we bought a tripod we went to a camera store like the biggest camera store in la that uh, it had elevators. i you was actually surprised levels. that we
2: were able to get everything back to be honest we had <laughs> oh so much God. stuff
0: it was ridiculous eddie said that he took every piece of clothing that he owned just about we were there for so long so you had to just wash everything once you got home i'm
2: I'm in the middle of a laundry display of twenty eighteen.
0: Do you dry everything all the way through or do you hang dry? both it just depends like shirts that How much I it feel shrinks. like
2: yeah, I feel like some shirts will shrink, so
0: your moisture wicking stuff you don't really have to dry. yeah, no you're not supposed to
2: but then i take I just do take like a car full of stuff to the laundry mat and just here. You do it I'll pay you to do it So
0: you do that You don't do it on your own You don't Not, have a No like, You have I'll, a washing machine At your house
2: Yeah Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll take like my Dress shirts and Collared shirts and stuff Well
0: like I had this discussion With Josh the other day And it opened my eyes To parents Because you were talking About how many poop jumpers You've had to wash <laughs> Like my god You people go through Washing machines That have babies And stuff I bet Oh I mean, You're just literally Putting feces In your washing machine Daily
3: yeah, I mean, like, uh, don't it like you've got to do your best to like rinse out anything substantial. But I mean, you're sticking. I mean, that that stain didn't come from her mouth. Like, we know where that came <laughs> from, and it, it's it's foul. So, so like, will
0: you have clothes that have poop on them sometimes?
3: No, I not that I, I mean, like it won't maybe somebody's walked past. But, like, there might be a, like a picture of floating around the internet somewhere that I'm unaware of. Like, no, but like this it doesn't Starbucks transfer. Says shit on his.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, like, like poop does not stay in the washing machine and then transfer itself to other clothing.
3: No, not that I've ever noticed, okay. no. I mean, and usually, like, stuff like that, We, you know, and obviously you've got all your different cycles. We've got one in ours that's, like, deep, clean, sanitize. And so oh my that is, like, that's for poop blankets or clothes. Like, and you put them all in there at once. You don't let them be in there with anything else. And Plus, you have a lot have of puke to,
0: clothing because you got to, you know, I'm sure Laney pukes on stuff a lot.
3: Laney is not the the puppy dog that some kids are she she vomited very few times now usually when she'll choose to puke she chooses to puke on dad so that's really great but i i would say since she's you know probably been oh two i bet she's thrown up two or three times like very little
0: interesting here's my question as we're wrapping things up Will you guys be able to watch the national championship between Alabama and Georgia? Yeah, for sure. Oh, sure. No problems at all? No problems at all. I did ask uh, Lincoln Riley if he'd be able to watch the game, and here's what he said. Do you think that you'll be able to to watch the national championship, or will it be tough for
1: you? It'll be tough. Yeah, it'll be tough. I I don't know. I don't know if I will. I'll watch it at some point, because, you know, there's... It'll be a good game to watch and and uh, and continue to learn from. But
0: I would assume if Georgia wins easily, that'll be the hardest thing.
1: Yeah, it's it'll be hard either way because I you know I felt good about a matchup against Georgia and I I would have felt good about a matchup the next one too. I mean, no doubt. So uh, no, it it it'll be hard. I don't I don't know if I'll watch it live or not. I don't know.
0: And that's going to be to me like the most gut wrenching thing. Like if Georgia just wins that game easily, it's going to just start a whole new. Rage night for OU fans.
2: I think, Don't you be, think I think they'll be raging either
0: way. I it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for OU fans to watch it. It's gonna be hard for America to watch it just because it's two SEC teams. That's the worst part. I think that's the worst part about this whole thing. Do you think, I, think that the Rose Bowl will get better ratings than a national championship?
3: Yes. Because it's what I the think third it's highest? high point will be better than any of the national championships high ones.
0: That was the third highest rated uh, college playoff ever. There were only like two championships that were rated higher Yes, than the OU Georgia game. I
2: I think that it will be. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that it was just on New Year's Day at two o'clock or four o'clock in the afternoon.
0: Yeah, but it was a good game. And I'm sure a lot of people came back to it after halftime. I'm sure a lot of people tuned out, you know, at halftime when it was 31-17.
2: Besides Gabe Eichardt's teammate in New Orleans, that asked him what day OU was getting out to Atlanta.
0: Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> he turned it off at halftime. Yeah, he thought OU you
3: could... Oh, no. <laughs> uh,
0: there was one other thing I wanted to pay, uh, play for you, and that was kind of Lincoln Riley's thoughts after watching it back. He was asked, like, do you have a lot of regrets about things that happened in the game?
1: You know, not not regret. There's just things you wish you could do better. I, I'm a big believer when you, when you, when you give something everything that you've got, you, you regret is the wrong thing to have. You know, or you know, feeling sorry or you know not that you won't be disappointed, but you know you, you've got to be ready to get back on the horse and go at it again. And uh, so yeah, no, there's there's definitely some. I mean, there's some that you know we. You know, the, where I could have made a better call. There's some that we, you know, didn't execute plays. There was, you know, we, you know, we, we had a, some of the mistakes were were because George is pretty good and they were going to make some plays too. Some of the mistakes were self inflicted and and we could have done better. So, yeah, no, that's, uh, I've never, like I said, I said after the game, I've never had one where I don't go come back and I'm just, you know, angry at myself for a couple of the calls. I mean, I've, even in, I mean, whatever our best offensive game was this year, maybe, I don't know, West Virginia or, I don't know, there were some pretty good ones. But, I mean, there's even after those, you come back some of those, you like, you know, I could have been better here. So, I, it just – it obviously gets more attention when it's in a game of this magnitude and when you don't come out on the right end.
0: I also think, you know, it was it – was, I think Eddie probably will say this was weird because the day we were leaving that next morning, I just got tired of seeing, you know, the first take, hot takes on the game and stuff. So – I changed the channel, and as we were packing, we were watching uh, whatever the Trisha Yearwood Food Network program is on a. She marathon. was just whipping up just some bomb food for like two hours. While and we're then I'm ready. sitting there, and Eddie goes, Man, everything she's made so far looks awesome. Like, I think Eddie might secretly be setting his DVR to record Trisha Yearwood's. Garth Eating Well. Hometown, I know that. Hometown Cookdown, or whatever it's called. Garth Eating Good. As long as you're not recording the Pioneer Woman, <laughs> she's a bitch. Is she? No, I don't. i think (laughs) tiffany loves her no she doesn't please tell me no loves
3: no you guys have to understand like she is from almost the same area tiffany's Ah, from
0: tiffany's so they've got the whole background tiffany's a bartlesville type girl i
3: thought Ponca. Ponca. ponca city like it's a really weird thing in my family my sister like my whole family is from oklahoma city my sister married a guy from ponca city high I married Tiffany from Ponca City High. My aunt married a guy from Ponca City High. Like, there's some weird connection with our family. And, like, and none of them, like, we did, none of them met via the other, like, it, they were all separate meetings at all these different scenarios and places. So it's it's really weird, the McQuistans in Ponca City.
2: McQuistans are married to Ponca City.
3: That Yeah, there, there's a special relationship going way back um, to my one and only trip ever to Ponca City. <laughs>
0: Because you, know, I, I you never needed to see a football player there. R- Rashawn <laughs> Parker,
3: uh, I can t- tell you the two. Rashawn Parker and Josh, um, what was his last name? Josh Johnson. Uh, both went to Iowa State. Rashawn Parker had a pretty good career. Josh Johnson was a thug and got kicked out.
0: Sponk city for you, man. So over oh, 2. Yep. No, oh, one, oh, for yeah, one. 1 for
3: two. 1. That's yeah, one. Rashawn
0: Parker finished out, he,
3: and he was a really good kid. He, he was one of those guys you kind of like to see succeed. I think, yeah.
2: I was just going to say, on Riley, on that little part, Uh I I don't think that there is any doubt that he can say as much as he wants, he's not going to think about it, but I think the third and two call on the wheel route and then not going for it on fourth and one, it will take a couple months to get over those decisions.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think once you get past it, and and that's the the difficult part about it is because you, you feel it, but you don't really know how to express it sometimes. But you could feel, and that's that's what Lincoln gets paid for is to be able to kind of be able to take what he feels and put it out there. But like, there's no doubt about it. I haven't watched it back yet, but just thinking it over, like there was no way that Georgia didn't have a massive advantage in overtime once it went to overtime because their defense was just better throughout from halftime on. OU's offense. No, it just it didn't have it anymore. But even after the, I mean, after OU held
2: Georgia in the in the first overtime, it's like you have a chance a to win the game. Yeah, you have been a given a gift, and then you were given another gift in the second overtime on the on the offsides. You have to score a touchdown there. So I think that that fourth and one, and even going back to the end of the fourth quarter with the third and two, why didn't they call a timeout and go to that jumbo package that they had used so many times? The diamond, that yeah, they yeah. Like I, I think I could have lived with them running it on third and two and not getting it over the wheel route. But at the same time, for all these people that said, why did they take the ball out of Baker Maysville's hands? He, he was the one that overthrew Rodney Anderson. Yeah. So and that's I, a
3: really tough throw. In no, that it situation. is. It that's is. a lot to ask. That's
0: why I think I would have been more comfortable with the jumbo package. Yep. But you yep. have, you have Mark Andrews on third and two. I mean, yeah. you have so many other things, right?
3: To me, that was the thing that was the slowest to cope with was Georgia made a point. Mark Andrews, you do not have him on third down. We're going to take him away from you. And I thought that was Georgia's whole focus on anything where it wasn't clear that, oh, you could run for the first down on third down. If it was third and more than three, they were going to deal with Mark Andrews and let
0: somebody else beat them. Well, just not to... Just not to give it to Rodney Anderson, you know, just straight up the middle and say here, Rodney. Well,
2: on first and second down, wasn't it Rodney Anderson four yards? Rodney Anderson, four yards.
0: I have to go back and that and then look at the play that,
2: that got him to third and two, and then they go the wheel route. And then all of a sudden they're putting the ball back with three minutes left. Well, the third and two was But Georgia that not has a chance
0: to win the game. Was the Jordan Smallwood was that in the second overtime? Yeah. Okay. And that was that was another
2: terrible call. I, I say it's terrible if it works out. It's genius. It
0: worked twice when they used it this year for touchdowns. Right. It's just it didn't work against Georgia. Not against the fast. fastest defense they've played. Yeah.
2: And they worked against Ohio State. The the getting to uh, something that you know we wanted all year. Putting Kyler Murray out there with with Baker, they finally do it. And in hindsight, it's like, oh, that was dumbass. It was wasted. That was a wasted. That was not down. a good decision. Yeah, on first down in the overtime.
3: Eddie, so. I found it. First and ten. Baker Mayfield incomplete pass to Marquise Brown, and then eight yard rush for Rodney Anderson. And then they threw the wheel route to Rodney and missed. Okay. Twenty nine seconds okay. left.
2: Well, I mean, it's all. I guess it's over. Yeah, it's a, it's over. There's nothing you can do about it. It was a hell of a run. It was a good season. And uh, it will be interesting. I mean, there's a lot moving forward. There's a lot of question marks moving forward. They finally have a quarterback battle going into the spring for the first time in a couple years.
0: Well, what seems to be... (laughs) uh, I'll tell you who's going to make it a battle is Kyler Murray because he has expressed interest to play baseball again. Oh, he is playing baseball. Yeah. He's going to play baseball again. And Lincoln (laughs) Riley was actually uh, asked about that yesterday. I'll play it for you.
1: We're having some conversations. I, I think that's the plan right now. We'll, you know, we we had some conversations after the fact last year. Um, I think some things that, that we can do better, and I honestly, I think it's a little bit different this year, you know, in that when you're, you know, competing for a starting job, it's a little bit different, and so uh, we'll, you know, Skip and I have got a good relationship. We'll, we'll continue to have some conversations, and if that's what you know, if that's sort of the route that we go, you know, build a, a good schedule, and I thought we did good with it last year, but I think we can be even better as far as just maximizing, you know, his use.
2: Let me uh let me break that. Yeah, down. you to translate translator? If you're hitting fucking 124, you're not playing baseball oh my again. God,
0: we get one podcast with <laughs> f ball, but then we got to get Kyler Murray's baseball career, and they just go flying. Uh,
2: that's I mean, that's basically what he's saying. If you if you plan on hitting 124. And being literally a pinch runner,
0: you don't need. You're not yeah. playing baseball. Your your biggest asset to the athletic program is being the starting quarterback. And where
3: your scholarship? I mean, you you don't have that scholarship through baseball.
0: But that's. I mean, it's like Lincoln, It was pretty clear, Lincoln, what Lincoln was saying there, which was, "Hey, if you're really going to be the starting quarterback here, you don't need to be playing baseball full time." And missing. Well, I would say. You can play baseball. You're just not missing one damn practice of spring football. Yep. Like that was cool last year when you were the backup. This year, it's not going to fly. I think that's probably what it comes down to. That'd be my
3: message. Like, you can do the baseball, but you don't miss anything here, whether it's film, whether it's you're here for everything we do. And then any free time you have outside of that, you can do all the baseball you want.
0: All right, uh, that's that's a good wrap up, boys. Uh, Eddie, Eddie tried to uh, bring some souvenirs home with him, but it was too expensive. Yeah, I stole the media. Wait a minute, you told me they gave it to you. Well, everybody else was taking
2: one, so I took it. The ESPN big big time ESPN guys were taking them, so I felt like I should I could be able to do that too.
0: He took the Sound media right. hospitality sign. that had the Rose Bowl and college playoff. It was a cool sign. It was a cool sign. We tried to I would mail it back, to, but it was like I would have bucks. loved to have, have it like sitting up top there i know it's
3: bad for 80 bucks you should have sent it to me eddie i'd have paid the i'd have paid it i'd have kept it but i'd have paid yeah, it. i
0: thought about paying it but i didn't want to take it from him like because if mm-hmm. i pay 85 bucks to have something shipped i'm keeping it yeah that's yeah true. A i might have given yep. you like a 20 dollars finders fee
3: well unless <laughs> it's a giant moana uh
0: hook oh god
2: i think that has something <laughs> to do with children
0: uh, no, Lainey, I'm not going to get Lainey one of those. Lainey's waiting.
3: I told her it was coming and, you know, Santa, Santa Carrie didn't show up. She was pissed. Does she like Moana? She does. She like, especially like that's one of her. But now, I, I,
0: it's the Maui hook
3: though, right? Yeah, it's The Maui, Maui's hook. Yeah. Yeah. And has got I know that. It.
2: Did you have anything? You tease something. Did we already talk about it? Uh, the crap starting.
0: Yeah. That was just the lincoln talking about you know if his staff stays, okay. stays intact well it's going to be interesting given the truth or something to cling to uh, guys just i, I want to what do you say
3: one in ten is the odds that mm-hmm. uh, God, i keep going to odds on this one i don't know why that keeps happening but that this staff even aside from the ten just the nine guys i would say one in ten chance that there's no change from any of those nine even tim kish that's what I'm like. I'm saying it's a ten percent chance that the status quo is kept. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like I think it's ninety percent odds that there is some change.
0: Well, there's going to be a tenth assistant hired. Well, no. That's what I'm like even apart
3: from that. Even with if you throw that in, the just the nine that are right there right now, I I think there's a ninety percent chance that something changes.
0: Look, I I think this is a good course of action moving forward for the, and it's I'm sorry. I'm not advocating the firing of Mike Stoops. I think I'm on your side. I think I, I've i spent enough time on this podcast saying I am with you. I understand your pain. <laughs> I understand that you want to change on defense. I get it. I know. I'm, I am I I feel you. I, I'm not telling you that you're wrong and thinking that way. I'm just telling you what Lincoln Riley is saying, which is because of recruiting, they want to recruit better, see where it goes because he believes that Mike is a, a, a good coach. But I would say this. If a change has to be made, bring in this tenth assistant, some youth, maybe even an extra defensive line guy. That would give you three. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know how long Ruffin McNeil has in him to keep coaching. To be honest with you. Yeah. I. I mean, he's a. I'd be lying if I
2: didn't have the same same thought. You, you, know, you just see him walk walking around.
0: He's carrying around a towel all the time. He sweats profusely. Uh. But I would say get rid of Tim Kish. Bring in a, a younger, dynamic recruiter, linebacker coach. Bring in a dynamic, young recruiter as, a, as, as another defensive coach with your 10th. And if you really are committed to getting better in recruiting, I think that's the way to do it. I completely agree. If you're not going to fire Mike Stoops.
2: They have, to, they have to find a way to, I guess... I, I don't know if it's communicate better, but because I, I think everybody like everybody enjoys Tim Kish. Like there hasn't been a, a really recruit- good dude. There I like him a lot. Yeah, there hasn't been a a linebacker, Josh, that has said I just don't like the guy. They love the guy. If they not just- for Tim everybody Kish. Loves him. If yeah. not for Tim Kish, I don't think Obo would have ever made it at Oklahoma. Right. Like he he has done there are good stories. Like he made Kenneth Murray play pretty well. I mean, the guy hasn't even been on campus for a year. Never played middle linebacker before this yeah, year.
3: Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you were talking about the Jacob thing earlier. Everybody forgets. That was not where he was recruited to play. They played him there because they had to. He never played that position. He didn't know what he was doing. So, people like... Probably is, when like, you're
0: 14 games in the season or 13, you you still don't know what you're doing. It's a yes. And, and, that is and a whose problem. fault is
2: that, that they had to do that?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, but the, the, fault, the other thing is you're playing Emmanuel Beal who... Yes, he was one of your most consistent players, but there's no way that Emmanuel Beal should be starting for Oklahoma when they're playing in the college football champ, you know tie, playoff. Yeah. Like you should just have better. He's a fine player, but OU should be better than that.
3: Emmanuel Beal should be at Texas Tech. Yes, like I mean that, that. I mean, like he's a good player. There's nothing wrong with him. But if you're like going to compete Kansas for championships, that guy stupid. can't play. For-
0: like somebody like Kansas is stupid for not having a guy like that on their team.
3: Yes. Yep. I just like you should not at, be at Oklahoma. Like, you can make you can make arguments everywhere else across the board. At linebacker, recruiting is not good enough and the
0: production on the field is not good enough. Like, I way, don't know how what's the defense? And uh, here's another one, Will Johnson. You shouldn't have been at Oklahoma. Nope. You're a fine player. You could play in the Big 12, but you are not winning helping Oklahoma win a national championship. You are just I hate to say this is so this is I've never been this harsh on people. You are you are helping Oklahoma to be capable. That's all you're doing. You're not helping them to be dominant. Whereas every player on that Georgia team was helping them be dominant. Yeah. On defense. Oh, you I get want to get this up. I'm
2: sure you guys yeah. didn't get to
3: see the Alabama Clemson game. Alabama beats Georgia by two touchdowns. Really? They I mean. are
2: I think Alabama's really good.
3: They're because everything Georgia could do offensively with OU they they're not going to do it to Alabama. They won't
0: run like that at all. No, they'll and, hold them to like 120 yards or something yeah, total.
3: And Al, now Alabama may win 21 to 7. It may not I mean Georgia's defense is good. Georgia's defense is Roquan Smith. You take him off that defense, it's a good not great. And defense. he's not infallible either. No, no. In the first half, they OU had him on skates. He was all over the place. Uh but you <laughs> Like, Alabama lost all three of their linebackers and was still pretty damn good defensively. Now they've got a bunch of those guys back, and, I mean, Clemson had no answer. Clemson was just in in deep shit that whole game.
0: All right, there you have it. Josh guarantees go to your bookie, make your trip to Vegas. Vegas. Sell the house, bet the money. Mortgage mortgage your future. Football's dead to me. It's basketball season. (laughs) Trey Young, Brady Manick. What a fantastic combination. I'm saying by the, the end of the year... the best freshman class in OU history. By the end of the year, I would like to see a starting lineup that doesn't have Kadeem Latin but does have Jemani McNeese. Because Trey Young and Jemani McNeese, on the, like I said this before, they're magical together.
2: Yeah, they're really good. It's just amazing. I mean, <laughs> we, we get done covering Baker Mayfield and move on to Trey Young. It's, it's, a, uh, it's a
0: golden era right now of... I love what he said last night. Uh, you want to run this state. Yeah. He's cocky. Is, is there any way to get Doolittle and Manic on the
3: floor at the same time?
0: They did a little bit last night. Doolittle still... Yeah, they just still... need to get him back. He yeah. had a concussion. So I they... love
3: Christian Doolittle. I think that I dude too. is freaky yeah.
0: athletic. Well, people forget. I mean, when he was in high school, like he committed, I think, as a sophomore. But he was a guy... That sounds that, right. He was a guy that just could do everything. I mean, he's he's very skilled. Like, we've only seen him scratch the surface. Yep. And that's one way that this Oklahoma team... I mean, guys, that I've, I had this thought last night. This might be the second best OU basketball team in the history of Oklahoma. Behind the 88 team. It's crazy. I, I, it's not crazy that you're saying that. It's just crazy because that... Because Blake Griffin didn't have players like this around him. It was the Blake Griffin show. Yeah. I mean well, had, Willie Warren showed up once every three weeks. Yeah, Willie Warren was a huge bust.
2: The Buddy Hield Final Four team—they were really good, but they had Isaiah Cousins and Kadim Latin. And you had Buddy, and you knew what Buddy was giving yeah. you every night. Trey Young's a. This is. Trey Young's might be a better player than Buddy Hield right now. Just as far as he is being, he a, absolutely a player. Is. Like I think he hundred percent is assist wise. I haven't seen an you player in my lifetime that can distribute the ball like Trey Young. No, I
3: haven't either. Guys, just look how much better Christian James is suddenly a truly offensive threat. I mean, he, he's a problem.
2: He's he's bounced back. He had a really bad year. He's I think he's playing to do with the level of they what they thought he was going to be.
0: Here's the here's the thing. Okay, you take the three best teams, four best teams in modern Oklahoma basketball history. In 1988, you had Ricky Grace, Mookie Blaylock, Stacy King, um I'm blanking um Dave Seeger. Uh you take you take that team, you take Blake's team, you take Buddy's team. I wouldn't even include Kelvin's season with Hollis. Hollis would be a bench player on that 88 team. I think Buddy would be a bench player on that 88 team. Trey Young could be the starting point guy. He would replace Ricky Grace. <laughs> and then you would have Mookie Blaylock is the two. You'd have Stacey King. That team had uh, Horace Grant, too, or Harvey Grant. Can't even remember which one now. There's been so many Grants. Now there's Jeremy Grant and <laughs> other Grants. Definitely Harvey. Definitely Harvey. Um, Blake Griffin would be your four. So, I mean, you, 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 you combine, like, to me, Trey Young and Blake Griffin are, are definite starters on that 88 team. I don't know that Buddy Hield is. Hollis Price definitely is not. I'd love to have Hollis Price, or uh, both those guys, coming off my bench. Camus, think about a Hollis hell of a just like setting up in the
3: corner and firing threes. Brady Manick
0: team. and Dave Seeger could shoot; t- they could be uh, shooting buddies. I I practice. joked
2: with Kerry earlier, but I was talking with uh, one of our buddies, Jun Shin, last night at the game. there's a good. I think you could make the argument. Brady Manic could end his career as the all-time leading scorer at Oklahoma. He's going to start for four years.
0: I get so mad. I got mad this morning because someone compared Brady Manic to a Euro. And I wasn't having it. Brady Manick is from Harrah, Oklahoma. He is... He is a little bit, though, like the guy that you would see coming out of I don't of here. care. I don't care. I don't want to hear that. To me... He's a six-nine <laughs> guy that can, can shoot three. He is a Celtic from the late 70s, early 80s. That's who I want Brady. He's got the really horrible Larry Bird mustache going right now. Oh, he's a perfect... Like, he is a perfect player to come out of Wisconsin. Yes, but he could definitely fit right in with like Larry Bird and and Dennis Johnson and uh uh Kevin McHale. Like he could be on that team. He has a little bit of And a, he's got a post game that's still developing, but once that happens, my God. I he's mean my God.
2: He's gonna be really he really good. He's gonna literally maybe, be
0: a first team all
3: American by the time he's done. What I'm about to say maybe white on white crime. You you guys can be the judges. Is there a good? Is there a possibility that he looks better than he is because he's playing next to Trey Young?
0: I mean, he was five of seven from three last night. S-
3: no, he's six. I, I know, eight. but he's Over getting great looks. Nine for eleven like, from the floor. I mean, don't get me like. I, I don't think he's like going to be a four point. I, I don't think he's suddenly going to become. You know, a, a, no shot at Tyler Neal here, but you know, Tyler Neal. Like, I don't think that's going to be where he goes. A fellow Patriot, so I got nothing Tyler, to love for Tyler. But I'm not. You saying went to the wrong PC, guy.
0: Tyler. I'm, we're sorry. Yeah, Josh is. And I, Josh like is I said, after he's you. a Pat, man. We, we, we can
3: do the fight song together. That's right fine. Um, <laughs> but, like, you look at the shots those guys are getting last night. And I, I'll be honest. That one, and I'm trying to remember early in the season, the, the one they lost. Uh, Arkansas? Uh, Arkansas. Those were the two I've really had a chance to watch. Like, all that's gone on in my life in the last month, not a lot of OU basketball time. But I, he was getting some great looks. I mean, like those are shots you would expect if he's a good player he can knock down I'm just wondering is he is it going to look different when Trey's not there of course it will it'll be different for
0: everybody I mean that team went 11 and 20 last year I'll I'll
3: say
2: this Josh those two guys in a way Kruger was asked that kind of that question after the game if he's been surprised Mm -hmm. by manic I think it says something that he's a freshman from Hera that he can step into that That 13 games into the season into his career and knock down shots with consistency like that. So I think that there's a little bit of comfort there. And obviously, Trey has made everybody better. But, I mean, I thought if you would have asked me walking out of, uh, if you would have asked me walking out of Deer Creek High School after I watched Hera lose in the state semifinals last year in the 4A semifinals, what Brady Mannix going to do this year, I probably would have said redshirted or played five minutes a game.
0: Well, yeah, and give uh, our our guy J D. Reynolds a lot of credit. I mean, he worked with him. Religiously. Oh, he's tra- he transformed yeah. his body. There is no doubt about. Yeah, I mean, that. he is. He would have been the ugly duckling sitting on the bench, you know, and, and everybody would have been saying, "Well, he just needs a year." Yeah, but he's re- he's come in. He worked hard, and he came in ready to to bang with guys. Oh, and he he if there might not be
2: anybody that capitalized more off Doolittle suspension than the opportunity that was yeah. presented to Manic, and then also just being able to come in a month early and practice for the New Zealand trip. yeah, That helped him a lot. So, I mean, <laughs> OU has a top five basketball team in the country. It's Magusti, incredible. Uh
0: Christian James, can't forget about him. I mean, those guys have been fantastic from the perimeter. Manic has been outstanding. But you're right. I mean, if Trey Young is not there, everybody's not getting that. I mean, last night, Oklahoma State's entire game plan was to double... Trey Young every time he got the ball and get it out of his hands as quick as possible. So they were literally playing 4 on 3 last night and the entire game. <laughs> you say that? He was a rebound short of oh, the a
2: triple first double, yeah. Trip points, assist, rebound, triple double in OU basketball history. It's incredible. That's crazy.
3: Wait, really? Yes. That's amazing.
2: Yeah, it it's going to happen at some point this year. It's going to happen.
3: It's just a matter of. Now, you wonder if Kruger knew. Like, you almost want to leave him out there just to. Oh, make no. There was. We that. were
2: joking uh, at the end of the game, and Trey is shooting a free throw. It, he he kind of, They were getting ready to sub everybody in. He uh-huh. looked over at Kruger, and you could tell that Trey was like, Can I stay in again? Yeah, don't take me out. I, was like, <laughs> I told Nate uh, Fakin from, uh, from Channel 4 in Oklahoma City. I said, he just needs to miss this and get his own rebound. Yeah. He needs cool to miss to it on purpose and, and leave Chris Giles over at the check-in table so he can't come in.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> I think he might have, and he still made it. So. Well, and that was the other thing about Bedlam last night is Oklahoma State's a pretty good team. I mean, they've got some oh, really good parts.
2: They're not finishing 10th in the league. They're they're a lot the better. The Shine Guy's good. I mean And that uh, was without Lindy Waters, too. Yeah, so. Waters,
0: well, he's a walk on. No, he's he a, a scholarship player. He's a starter. Did he start as a walk on No, he started as a freshman. He's from Norman High though, right? So stray young. He's from Norman North. They both went to Norman North. Did they? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, but no, I mean Oklahoma State that's a decent team. I mean, they beat Florida State who I think just beat North Carolina last night. Oh, there, there's no doubt that. And they, they were up by 20 the entire second. Like, it was an eight-point lead at halftime, came out, boom, immediately up by 20, and they just stayed there. Yeah, it was. I think they might have cut it to 14 at one
2: point. I think they opened the second half on a 16-7 to run. So was they just by nine. waxed them. Yeah. There, the Big 12 is unique in that this year, outside of maybe when you get Iowa State at home, you can't just show up to any game. I think going into last night 9 of 10 uh league games had been won by the uh road team. Which is insane. Kansas is in a bad way Who right now. Who is the best
0: team in the Big 12 if it's not Oklahoma? I would right now I would
2: say West Virginia. If What about Tech? Oh, I don't know. I that was a really nice road win up in uh Lawrence, but I think that
0: Was that in Lawrence?
2: Yeah. It was the uh, first time Kansas Tech had won is in bad. Lawrence. If Kansas can get back, and, and Kansas did not play well on Monday. they I think they were 0 for 13 from behind the arc in the second half. If they get back Billy Preston, uh, if they get the uh, DeSouza kid going uh, that just got cleared by IMG, uh, he's supposed to join the team, or he has joined the team. I think he's supposed to get back out on the floor in about a week and a half. Um, if they can get those two guys back, and then obviously uh, they need better guard play, but... By Kansas, anyway, I, Kansas.
0: I want to I wanna play this. Uh, did you see the thing about John Calipari? Yeah. And Trey Young? I got to play this real quick.
4: I knew how good he was, but I didn't even realize he was this good. The biggest thing in this, and it's a great lesson, uh, Lon Kruger, who I have unbelievable respect for, basically said, We're going to play through you. It's all going through you. You're going to shoot when you want. You're going to – and he did not lie. He did not lie. My – is you know, you're not going to be the only guy. You're going to share the ball. Hopefully, if he had come here, I would have realized early this kid needs a little more room than some other guys that I've had. Hopefully, I would have realized that. Um, but I knew he was good, which is why we recruited him so long. But I didn't realize he'd be able to do what he's doing, which is basically – 80% of their baskets, 70% of their baskets he either scores or assists. That's a ridiculous number. And so I'm happy for Trey. I hope we don't ever have to play him, but happy for him. He's a, he's a great kid from a great family.
0: So I mean, and the thing that it is, is amazing is they really are one of the best teams in the country because of one guy, which as good as Blake Griffin was, his second year they got to be that way. But and like I said, I, if you put this supporting cast with, with uh, Blake Griffin, I think that's a much better team. I mean that that might be might have been a team that could have beaten North Carolina that year in the Elite Eight with the shooters that they have. I think the best. Had, it, uh, I mean, they had uh, Tony Crocker. Tony Crocker. Who else did they even have? Austin Johnson. Oh my god. David Godbold had gone. He he was he a was a senior year yeah he was a, when he was a freshman four. Uh, he didn't have anybody. They would have
3: Taylor, no, it was sophomore. Yeah, year. Taylor would have. Yeah, dri- Taylor he was two years ahead. No, he was a senior, wasn't he?
0: Taylor, oh Taylor, um, he was a senior yeah, when Blake was a yeah, sophomore. Yeah, right? you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah, they had Taylor. Yeah, but that's that's nowhere near it's, what they've got now.
2: It's been incredible, though. I, I mean, talk about you know. Okay, they they had Willie Warren, Tony Crocker, Taylor Griffin, Austin Johnson, uh my personal favorite Kay Davis, Juan yeah. Petillo, uh Omar Leary, Ryan Wright, Ray Willis, Orlando Allen, Kyle Cannon, Bo Gerber, TJ Franklin. That was the <laughs> roster. TJ
0: Franklin, I forgot about him.
2: <laughs> so, I it's it's incredible. The people have started showing up at the Lloyd Noble Center. I thought last night was probably the best crowd on January 3rd, Oklahoma has had maybe ever. I I don't know. I usually these are non-conference games. So great job on scheduling big 12 dumbasses. but (laughs) it was not bad. It was a good experience.
0: All right. We got to wrap it up. Uh, we got a little, little beyond, uh, but it was great to be back. We're great to be back with you. Uh, finally doing podcasts again, uh, out of uh, beautiful LA. I miss El Cholo very much. So Eddie got his in and out from California while we were there. Uh, What is going on there? Somebody at Sooner Sports is probably going to get fired. They just put up a Nick Benito. High school highlights. High school highlights on Sooner Sports TV. Huh. Guess Uh, he did sign after all. Well, we can talk about it at some point, but the whole idea that... Yeah, by the time most of you listen to this podcast, Nick Benito will be a suitor, I guess. Announcing on the Under Armour game. That is interesting. Didn't hear from us. Sports TV. Screenshot. Boom.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's how it's done, folks.
0: All right. Well, on that, uh, we are out of here. I appreciate all the passion about Mike Stoops. I'm sorry. I'm just the messenger. That is what it is, though. Has a
2: job. It's passion, because any other program would just be happy to be in a playoff. But some people want blood, and it's understandable. Look
0: at you. Meshing with the fans.
2: It's understandable.
0: Man of the people. You are a man of the people. Always. For the common man. Uh, For the common man, Eddie Radosovich, For Josh McQuistian. I am Cary Murdoch. And we'll see you guys next week as we get back on schedule with the Unofficial 40 Podcast. Uh, We'll have uh, Under Armour, uh, U.S. Army to talk about next week and uh, possibly Tenth Assistant. We'll uh, talk some more about that as we go along. So that's going to do it for this edition. We'll see you guys next week, back right here on the Unofficial 40. Podcasts from Soonerscoop.com.